you so ready for this episode? I'm not. I'm. I. I'm the one that researched this episode, and I'm still not emotionally ready over it. Any of it. it this one was. I don't know why this one was really hard for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I. I only saw the name on our uh, our episode list. I didn't see like what the case is, so I don't even know what's happening. Yeah, this one. Not a lot of people know the case. I think, which is. I think it's wrong because it's one of the most tragic things I think has ever happened in Hollywood. Mm. Easily, if not ever, within the past 20, 25 years. All right. All right. Um, so we dive so right in? I was going to say, so like we can no, dive wait. right in because like, okay, I'm waiting. Hold on. You okay. hear all this, this creaking? That's me adjusting. <coughs> oh, okay. That's fine. Okay. Wait. Um, I'm still people, waiting. People, <laughs> people might might already know this, but we're on Spotify. Oh shit! You're right. Since Beach, the last episode aired, we are on Spotify. This is gonna be the first episode that's released on Spotify, which Yee. is gonna be very exciting. Yeah. We've been trying I'm to get excited. on Spotify since episode one. It only took us what? Oh my god! Long is this enough. episode forty? Oh shit! Is it episode forty? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, let me look, 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 let me look. Pause, pause, pause. Yes, it is. Oh, you your phone goes so much faster than mine, because mine's still like waiting to open the podcast app. Hashtag iPhone 6. Uh I have our Google Doc open. That's the reason. Oh, why. that would be why. That would be why. I'm not that prepared. But isn't that so exciting? It's it's both exciting. I'm sure people who both listen to the podcast and who just know us have heard us bitching about waiting to get on Spotify, waiting to get on Spotify. Yeah. And, you know, it's just so funny because now that we're here in this moment, it, it's almost like we've got nothing left to bitch about, but I'm sure we'll find something. Oh, we can definitely bitch about something. I'm, I'm sure we'll find something. Give us a week, guys. Give us a week. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be there'll be something for but, us to bitch about. So don't worry. If you're here for the bitching, don't leave. I don't know how we like find stats on our Spotify, but if you follow us, <laughs> let us know. I barely know how to find us on Spotify. Don't look at me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know how the hosting of something on Spotify works, but I'm like I'm like an adult trying to open a PDF. Like I'm not familiar with spotify as much as i should be for my generation i'm i'm a disgrace to my generation i love spotify i use it for most of my uh podcast listening almost exclusively for my music listening because i have spotify premium see i'm thinking about it i had a free trial where they did two months of spotify premium and hulu for 99 cents oh shit and yeah yeah and i'm thinking about i'm thinking about making the switch over because I only started so I started this almost two months ago I only started using Spotify Premium like two months ago I did this uh, two weeks ago I did this like exclusively for the Hulu yeah we got a Hulu thing too it's really nice but uh I did can't live without Hulu Spotify from Black Friday we did the one that I told Elliot about yeah Hulu yeah. for those of you who want to feel the FOMO Hulu did a Black Friday Cyber Monday promotion where you got 12 months for 99 cents each yeah, it's and, pretty great. Yeah, you know, you know, I signed up for that too. <laughs> I was like, "Yep." Yeah, now we have the. Oh, uh, do this. We have the streaming uh, holy trinity. We have Hulu, 
Netflix, Netflix and Amazon Prime or Amazon yes, Video. That's what, that's what we have. That's what we have. Yeah. The Roku, we've got a Roku and Roku has some channels. And I'm sure this is all really fascinating for everybody. To it is very to. fascinating. Anyway, the yeah. point of it. <laughs> we're putting the, the culture was, in crime culture. <laughs> the point was we're on Spotify not now. Hulu yet. That's what we can bitch about. Why aren't we on Hulu? Oh, God. I don't need video of me. You don't need to see me literally drinking wine out of a mason jar and sitting in a onesie right now. With your rock candy. Don't forget your rock candy. Yes, I'm eating rock candy if you hear, like, the clicking, which I hate. I'm sorry about the ASMR right now. But I got... Um, I was recently in New Mexico for my birthday, and I went to the... You were. I went to the candy lady. Shout out to the candy lady in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That makes Hi, the, candy lady. <laughs> they make the blue... Um, rock candy that they use as the oh, meth on breaking bad and yeah. that's one of my favorite tv shows so i had to go and i got some of the I've rock seen candy them on instagram yeah it's great they're on the gram but yeah too many sidebars let's get into the episode i was gonna say like the episode's half over now <laughs> yeah right <laughs> okay so what's this episode about so this episode is about Adrian Shelley, okay. who was born Adrian Levine, mm-hmm. and she was born on June 24th, 1966 in Queens, okay. New York. For those who don't know where Queens is, Woo-woo. it's in New York. Uh, why are you whooping? You weren't born in Queens. You're not even from Queens. I'm repping East Coast. All right, that's fair. I'm close enough um, to Queens. I can that's, see it. That's... I can see Queens from my house. <laughs> don't you know? Um, <laughs> But, um, so yes, so she was born to Sheldon M. Levine and Elaine Longbaum, and Adrian and her two brothers, Jeff and Mark, were raised in Long Island, and Adrian began performing when she was about 10 years old at Stage Door Manor Performing Arts Training Center, which is a performing arts summer camp that's in Lock Sheldrake, New York. Does it still exist? It still exists, yeah. It's very popular, um, if you look it up, you'll see, like, a lot of, like, famous actors whose names are all escaping me because I didn't think to take them down because I didn't think we were going to do this um, this episode, right? No. Um, <laughs> Just this part. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think we were going to do this part. Um, but it's actually a place that I learned about when I was in, like, high school, and it was, like, I dreamed of, want- of like, going there. I mm-hmm. wanted to go there so badly. And, of course, that was a no. But, yeah, it's... it's I assume it's pretty it's pricey. Good. It's... Um, I think it depends because I think you can get scholarships and whatnot. Again, I don't know that much about it, but I believe from my rudimentary knowledge of my high school research from like umpteen years ago that there was a way to get scholarships. Interesting. I don't think that my parents were going to pay like a whole ass summer camp tuition for theater camp. But, Mm -hmm. But regardless, I digress. Um... Shelley made her professional debut in a summer stock production of the musical Annie while she was a student at Jericho High School in Jericho, New York. And she went on to actually go to Boston University, where she majored in film production. And she eventually dropped out during her junior year, and she made the move to Manhattan, as creatives often do. Mm-hmm. And it was around that point where she took on the professional surname of Shelley, which was after the given name of her father who had died when she was 12. Oh. So, yes. I was going to say, um, like, when you said the, the parents' last names, I was like, mm, that doesn't sound like her no. last name. No, but a lot of people, like Audrey Hepburn, her 
mother's maiden name, I believe, was Hepburn, or it was her grandmother's maiden name. Mm-hmm. Like her last, I believe her last name was actually Rustin. Oh, but but she changed it to Hepburn. Maybe on uh, our next minisode, I'll tell the story of uh, when my dad got yelled at by Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Can you please? That's one of my favorite <laughs> stories, guys. Guys, it's a good story, guys. If Catherine Hepburn couldn't get more iconic. It's it's funny when my dad tells it, but I'll see if I can. Can do we it bring justice. your dad on? Oh God, no! <laughs> can you can you can you go to your dad's house and record the story and then plug it? Be like, all right, please wait, and we'll just put it in. Maybe. Anyway, go okay. on. Okay, but um. So, so she chose she, she chose her own last name. She chose her own she chose her own stage name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but her real career breakthrough as an actress came when she was about 23, 24, and she was cast by independent filmmaker Hal Hartley as the lead in his film The Unbelievable Truth, which came out in 1989. Mm -hmm. And then she was in Trust in 1990, which was nominated for the Grand Jury, the Grand Jury, I cannot speak, um, Grand Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival. Oh. Um, So early on in her career she was making moves making waves yeah um just it, it's a real i think testament to the talent that she had and mm-hmm. um adrian also guest starred on a number of tv series including law and order oz and a show called homicide life on the streets so lots of crime and shows actually lots of crime shows which it's it's not only interesting because of what would end up happening to her but it's mm-hmm. interesting in i'll i'll get into it because okay. one of these shows actually plays a small role later on oh okay um and she actually played major roles in over two dozen so over 24 off-broadway plays wow. which were often at manhattan's workhouse theater right like she was she was very she wasn't just talented she was a very hard worker yeah and in 1994, year that I was born, hey-o, hey-o. Um, Adrian married Andy Ostroy, who is or was the chairman and CEO of the marketing firm Bellardi Ostroy. In my research, it appears that they're now Bellardi Wong. Okay. But I didn't dive deep enough to know if Andy Ostroy is still with them. Mm-hmm. But um, during the 1990s, Shelley ended up segueing towards a more behind-the-camera career, as many actors often do. And she wrote and directed the 1999 film I'll Take You There, in which she appeared alongside Ali Sheedy, who we all know and love from The Breakfast Club. She of makes course. that cute little thing with dandruff. Mm-hmm. And um, she won a U.S. Comedy Arts Festival Film Discovery Jury Award, mouthful, in 2000 for her direction of that film. Mm. And she won a prize of the city of Setubal. Um, special mention at the Festroia, which is Troia International Film Festival, which is okay. held in Setubal, Portugal, and she won the award for best director. Oh wow! Yeah, internationally um, renowned. Internationally renowned, and oh, you're about to hear just how internationally renowned she is. Okay. But um, in 2003, Adrian and Andy had a daughter, Sophie, and. Adrian was inspired by her daughter to write the film for which she is probably best known, which is Waitress. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, and if you don't know the film, we'll get into the Broadway musical that is now so popular. Love it. Um, but for those who don't know, Waitress is about an unhappy but very talented pie-making Southern woman 
Um, she works in a diner and she's just trying to get away from an abusive husband while she's also pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it was during her pregnancy that Adrian Shelley actually wrote this film. And, um, yes. And according to her husband, she was actually concerned about balancing her work with motherhood, which is something that she wove into the script. Mm-hmm. And Andy Ostroy has said the central theme of the film is what Adrian felt in her own life. He says this story is about a woman who is afraid. It's about a woman who has real challenges and fears in life. However, all of that changed when their daughter Sophie was actually born. And Andy says once she saw Sophie, it was incredible. The love that she had for that child was just monumental. Her fears vanished. She just adored that little girl so much. Hmm. Shelley melded motherhood and work perfectly, he said. Um, And, quote, when she started editing the film, she would be in her old apartment where she went to write he says Sophie would be crawling around on the floor while she was editing and working on the script. Mm -hmm. So this was very much from conception all the way straight through to the film's production, basically a love letter for, from Adrian to her daughter, Sophie. Yeah, that's cute. Um, Cause on top of writing the script for waitress, Shelley went on to also co-star co-design the costumes and set and direct the film. Yeah, so she had a hand in every she, facet She had of a hand in the entire thing. And not only did her daughter inspire this movie, did her pregnancy inspire this movie, but the toddler who plays the main character's little girl, that she, the baby that she has at uh-huh. the end of the film, was actually played by Sophie Ostroy. That's so cute. Right? So it's just, it was really, it was... Like, they call things a family affair sometimes, and it was it just, it was very much like that. Like, yeah. she just loved motherhood and her little girl so much. Yeah, it and seems she like loved... this was the, the movie that really, like, she put everything that she had into it. Exactly. Her heart and her soul, and it was her two, like, like when you're a performer, when you're a creator, you kind of have two lives. You have your home life, and then you have the life yeah, where so you're working. Yeah, so she kind working, of melded both work of life. She was, exactly. And she did it, for those who have seen the movie or the musical because the musical is pretty spot on it changed a couple of things but it's pretty spot on um you can tell like she just she did a brilliant job yeah um so on november 1st 2006 at approximately 5 45 p.m adrian shelley was found dead by her husband andy who discovered her body in the fourth floor abingdon abingdon pardon me abingdon square apartment in manhattan's west village which is the one that he mentioned was her old apartment that she now used as an office, then mm-hmm. used as an office. Um, at the time, not at the time, but um, she was 40 years old when she died. Oh. And, oh, and Sophie was only two and a half. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie was completed. Waitress was completed, but it hadn't really... Had it been, been released at that point? It, it, it hadn't really been released yet. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Um, but per Andy, he had dropped her off at 930 that morning and he had been concerned because Adrian hadn't even been in contact with him that day. And eventually he went to the building and asked the doorman to accompany him up to the apartment. There they found her body hanging from a shower rod in the (gasps) bathtub with a bedsheet around her neck. (gasps) Despite the apartment door not having been locked and money reportedly missing from her wallet, the NYPD initially ruled Adrian's death as a suicide. Mm. An autopsy found she had died as a result of neck compression. Okay, so it looks like the way that she is, I'm going to say staged, 
is what they think the the exact cause they, of death they was. They were they were initially like, yeah, she killed herself. It's not what, like she I, was. I it's not like she was stabbed and then they found her right hanging right, like that. Right. Um, but one thing that I didn't put in here too. Something that just stuck with me when I first read, oh, they thought it was a suicide, was that she frequently referred to herself as an optimistic agnostic, I guess, which is okay. basically like, oh, I don't know if there's a God. Maybe there is. Maybe there's yeah, not. Yeah, but I but hope I'm so. Po- yeah, but I'm pretty positive that, like, good things are going to happen in the afterlife and you're not just going to be like, what? Yeah. Um, and just based on that outlook, based on that attitude, and also the fact that she was working on something she loved so much that she had a life that she loved so much. It didn't, it made no sense. Yeah. Um, and like, as I was just saying, Andy insisted that his wife was happy, both in her personal and professional lives. Mm-hmm. And in any case, she would never have committed suicide and left their daughter motherless. Um, his protests over the following days led to a more careful re-examination of the bathroom in which she was found. And this revealed that there was a sneaker print in gypsum dust, which I believe... So I read various things. I didn't put it in here. I believe that there was, reno, there were renovations. There was construction going on. I'm yeah, not it's sure like the, the it's renovations... Yeah, it's like the, the drywall, sort of. Yeah, I'm not sure if the renovations were happening to the apartment building itself. Uh-huh. Or if it was just, like... Her apartment? No, no. I mean, if it was the apartment, the like, her apartment and the entire building, or if it was just, like, nearby. Okay. Like outside or something. Yeah. Um, but regardless, a sneaker print was found in gypsum dust on the toilet beside where her body had been found. Mm-hmm. Um, the suspect's print was matched to a set of other shoe prints in the building where construction work had been done the day of Shelley's death. Okay. On November 6th, 2006, the press reported that the arrest of a 19-year-old construction worker, Diego Pilco, had occurred and... According to police, he had confessed on tape to attacking Shelley and then staged the fake suicide by hanging her. Mm-hmm. Um, Pilko's original version of what happened was that when Shelley asked if the noise could be kept down of the construction, he threw a hammer at her. Ooh. And afraid that she would make a complaint that might result in his deportation, he followed her back to her apartment where Adrian who was a five foot two badass powerhouse. I felt that this was necessary to include here Mm -hmm. hit him and was killed by a fall during a struggle. Oof, this isn't true. Um, I'm just going to stop you right there from being like, okay, unfortunate. It's worse. Um, after this confession, Pilko gave a completely different account in which he said that while he was on a break, he had noticed Shelly returning to her apartment and followed her. After assaulting her and rendering her unconscious, he killed her and faked and staged the fake suicide. Mm-hmm. He killed her by how do I put this? He killed her by staging the fake suicide. Got it. So she was unconscious when he was staging. When this. he was yes. Got it. Um, the second version was consistent with the lack of dust on Shelley's shoes, which she was not wearing when they found her. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to be a confession to murder, but prosecutors reportedly thought that Pilko might return to his original account if he was charged with murder, uh-huh. and that a jury could find him guilty, but of a lesser charge. Yeah. Um, the medical examiner, this one, this was what really, th- this was tough. Um, the medical examiner determined that Shelley was still alive when she was hung. Ugh. Yeah. Um, according to an acquaintance, Pilko said that after an eight after eight months, he still owed a debt on the two, twelve thousand dollars he had paid to be smuggled into the United States, 
and he lived in the basement of a building employed by his employer or owned uh-huh. by his employer. Woohoo! <laughs> um, I can't speak today. Um, one of Shelley's neighbors also told reporters that Pilko's stare had made the neighbor feel uncomfortable when she walked past him. Mm. But this could very much be like fear mongering. We don't know. But based on his actions, not so. Not, not unbelievable. So yes, not yeah. unbelievable. Um, Pilko pled guilty to first degree manslaughter and was sentenced to 25 years in prison without parole. Manslaughter uh, means it wasn't planned. Intentional. So yes. he tied her to a shower rod and didn't think that she would die. He tied her. T- he thought he had already killed her, I think. Ugh. And he tied her to that. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. Bottom line, they were right. He did get a lesser charge. Um, yeah. But he still got a pretty hefty sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, at Pilko sentencing, which was on March 13th, 2008, Shelley's husband, along with family members, said that they would never forgive him, understandably. Yeah. And Andy Ostroy said to Pilko, you are nothing more than a cold-blooded killer, and that he hoped he would, quote, rot in jail. Yeah, what an unnecessary, wasteful death. Exactly. Oh, you haven't heard the half of it? Ugh. Waitress premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2007, Mm -hmm. though its premiere was bittersweet. Shelley was murdered right before she was about to learn that the film had been accepted into the festival. Oh. Yeah. So she didn't, she doesn't, she never got to have any inkling of this little labor of love, this project, what fruition it would bring. Yeah. Um, Nancy Utley, Utley, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Um, she was the COO of Fox Searchlight, which went on to buy the rights of the film. Um, she said, seeing Waitress at Sundance was a really emotional experience. The typical format for the festival is that it, the director is introduced to say a few words before the film begins. Mm-hmm. It was painful from the beginning to see that there was no director to introduce the film because Adrian had died. So the producer and Adrian's husband, Andy, talked about how it had been Adrian's dream to have a film at Sundance. It was very poignant. Yeah, so people were in tears before the movie even started. Right, right. Um, and this is like a lot of people refer to it as a very bittersweet film because of that. Like it's if if this tragedy had not occurred, the the film would not have this pall over it. I think yeah. because it's you watch it and knowing I watched it the first time I watched it, I did not know what happened. Yeah, I just I was very I wanted to know more about who created the movie. I thought that it was very well done. I thought it was great. Um, and that was when I was in college. Yeah. When I first watched it. And then I just, when I learned about the whole story behind it and everything, it just, the next time I watched it, it made it so different because it was like, oh, I wish that she had known. That, that reminds me so much of uh, Jonathan Larson for other theater fans. Uh, the guy that it, uh, wrote um, Rent. Yeah. He oh, died of a um, aortic aneurysm. I think it was the yeah. night before opening night. I believe it was it was either the night before opening or the night before previews, but it was something like that. Yeah, I th- yeah, like the night before previews, and then the show just exploded. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he passed away like right before the show took off. So it's it's very much like a parallel to to Adrian Shelley. Like she right. passed away before she could see how big this was going to become, how big it was going to become, how much it's affected so many people. Because I mean, you mentioned. You just mentioned waitress, and people know 
at least the musical, if not the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the film's success at Sundance led Fox Searchlight Pictures to acquire the distribution rights. And stories actually say that they purchased the rights only hours after the film premiered. Mm-hmm. That it was like immediate, we want to. Yeah, they knew it was going to be movie. like a big right. deal. Right. Um, so it was purchased for around four or five million dollars. And it was released in theaters nationwide a few months later on May 2nd, 2007, right before my birthday. Uh-huh. Um, and it has a critical rating of 90% and an audience rating of 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. Um, with the critical consensus being sweet, smart, and quirky, Waitress hits the bright, bittersweet notes through this romantic comedy, through its witty script, and a superb performance by Carrie Russell. Mm-hmm. And, um... Carrie Russell was a big part, not just of the film, but after the fact, um, when the film was released on DVD in November 2007, she was actually called in to record a director's commentary for the bonus features oh, wow. in Adrian's place. Yes. And um, she recounted Adrian's onset creative process and the decisions that went into making the film. That's sweet. Um, yeah. It, the whole thing, the more you learn about her and her case and whatnot also i just saw something peak and i did hit my phone to my microphone i don't know if that's a thing but if there is sorry <laughs> <laughs> my bad but um it's we'll get more into it it's it's not just like a lot of movies and even tv shows i think to some degree the cast gets together the crew gets together they all work together and then when it's done they kind of all go their separate ways like, yeah. once the press is done, it's very rarely do you see, like, oh, and they were friends forever. As much as you might like to imagine that, that's not yeah. usually the case. But, like, something tragic like that really, like, bonds people together. It does. It brings people together. And it wasn't just that it was a special film. It was after, like, she brought everybody together. Yeah. Um, but, yes, as people know, Waitress has since become a classic, both in terms of a rom-com movie, a feminist movie, an, ind- an independent movie. Um, and it was made into a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is by Jesse Nelson, and the music and lyrics are written by Sarah Borealis, who I am pronouncing her name wrong, probably, because Barilis? Michael always tells me. I have no idea. Is it Barilla, like the pasta? I've got no clue. Michael always Barilis. tells me I'm pronouncing it wrong. So, I, either way, written by her, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and she went on to actually briefly star in the lead role of the, of yeah. the musical as well. Um, it first opened in 2015 at the American Repertory Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts, for those who don't know. Um, sometimes I forget. I'll just be like, oh, yes, at the American Repertory Theater, at the <laughs> Yale Repertory Theater, and I'll be like, oh, yes, this. People, people don't know the cities. I'm in California now. Nobody knows. Um, but it ran from August 2nd to September 27th, and the musical then opened on Broadway at the Brooks Atkinson Theater with previews starting on March 25th, 2016, and the show officially opening on April 24th. Um, Initially, the show garnered generally mixed to positive reviews for both runs, but it was nominated for four Tony Awards in 2016, including Best Musical, and Mm -hmm. nearly 10 years after Shelley's death, it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Musical Theater Album in 2017. Damn. I know somebody that I went to high school with that's seen it, like... 10 or 11 times. I I really want to go see it, not just because, obviously, this case is so fascinating, and I think it's a great tribute to her memory 
and I love the movie, but also, and this is, this is probably really superficial. Um, I was, I think I was reading an article and when you go into the lobby, they are actually baking. They're not edible because they overdo like everything to make it smell really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are actually baking pies so that the lobby smells like freshly baked pies. That's when incredible. You walk in. It's not like they got like a candle that's like pie or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're actually, actually baking it. They're actually baking it so that it smells like that. But it's so over exaggerated that they have to like add extra ingredients and everything so it's not like you can actually like get a slice of pie which really sucks um or get a slice of that pie i don't know if the concession stand they should sell pie if they don't yeah that'd be amazing now i'm hungry and now we need to go make pie (laughs) no well make pie but when i come home to you for christmas we're gonna we're gonna go see waitress we should we should that'd be adorable all right that would be so adorable. Plans. Look at us. Be, being cute, doing Christmas couple things. Like, I love it. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, as I had mentioned, she had been on a couple of true crime-based TV shows, a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, the details of Adrian's murder are actually reimagined and dramatized in the 15th episode of season 17 of Law & Order. Not SVU. Just the regular? Um, just the regular. Um, arguably the worst. But, no, uh, no. Criminal Intent is the worst. Criminal, uh, anything that's not SVU to me is the worst. No, r- regular <laughs> Law and Order is good. SVU is obviously the best, but Criminal Intent is just yes. the pits. I don't like I, it. I have, I have no idea. I know nothing. I watched a little bit of Law and Order with my grandmother, and I was like, I don't like this. And then Mariska Hargitay. Uh, Hargitay. Of course. Hargitay. Mariska Hargitay. Yes, Mariska Hargitay came in and just blew me away, and that was it for me. Of that course. was the end of that was the end of me. And Elliot Stabler and just uh, Ice T. Stabler. Ice T's in there. Richard Belzer. Just I everybody's just, good. I love it all so much. <laughs> anyway, I love it all so much. So she was but, a, um, her, her the details of her, her case. case. Yes, they were again fifteenth um, episode of season seventeen of Law and Order, the show that she was once on. And the Crazy. episode is called Melting Pot, and it premiered on February 16th, 2007, which was just over three months after her murder. Well, shit. They really churned yeah. that one out. Oh, yeah. They work hard. That's um, pretty crazy. Yeah. No. But um, Andy Ostroy went on to sue the contracting company, Bradford General Contractors. Yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously. They, who had hired Pilko. And his complaint alleged that Shelley would still be alive if the contracting firm had not hired him, um, which is very yes, it's very it's very tragic to think about because yeah, if he hadn't been there, nothing would have happened. It's not like she slipped and hit her head. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Ostroy also sought to hold the owners and management of the billing liable for Shelley's murder. And mm-hmm. according to a New York Post article, among other allegations, the complaint stated that quote. Pilka was an undocumented immigrant, as were his co-workers, and that it was in Bradford General Contractor's interest not to have police and immigration officials called to the job site, because that would have ground their work to a halt. Uh-huh. Um, so on July 7th, 2011, the lawsuit was dismissed by Judge Lewis York, and the court determined that Ostroy had not established legal grounds to hold the contractor liable, writing, while this court sympathizes with his loss... Plaintiffs have not presented sufficient evidence. Blah, blah, blah. I can't speak today. I think it's the depression. I really do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Plaintiffs have not presented sufficient legal ground upon which to hold Bradford liable for Pilko's vicious crime. Hmm. I'm going to read that again because I can't speak. Um, sorry, Elliot. While this court sympathizes with his loss, plaintiffs have not presented sufficient legal grounds upon which to hold Bradford liable for Pilko's vicious crime. Hmm. And that there was likewise insufficient evidence presented to find that either the building's management agent or its owner's Quote, had reason to believe that Pilko was a dangerous person who should not have been allowed to work at the premises, end quote, in order to find them liable. Which, I guess, yeah. Yeah. But also, this could have been prevented. Like, I can kind I can understand. Yeah, but he wasn't, he, it's not like he was a convict. So, right, like, right. they couldn't have known that he was a dangerous person. Like, any, right. any number of people you walk by could be a dangerous person. So you I can't just you. hold that place like i understand i understand i understand but also i feel like yeah the the building management the owners yes that's not necessarily that that that's i'm not saying it's a reach in that i don't agree but it's a reach in the eyes of most judges i think who generally just are trying to get out of there um yeah but in terms of like i agree that and i'm all for how do i put this I'm all for people immigrating to this country. I'm all for people coming here. I think our immigration system is messed up and to that we need to do something to fix it. And honestly, if people just want to come here for a better life, we should just let them in. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that. But Bradford General Contractors, in my opinion, it sounds like they were just trying to hire cheaper work. Yeah, they didn't do enough to vet their... But again, they like do, they didn't, I'm don't not know even his, saying they didn't do enough to background. vet. I'm not saying they didn't do enough to vet even like, and if you don't know his background, you shouldn't hire him. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying we, we don't, they're like just, we didn't do the background check. We so we don't know yeah, if he was convicted do of anything check. previous but or also, if he is a history of being violent. Yes. But if it was very under the table, as many jobs that hire migrant workers and illegal immigrants are, mm-hmm. they, there was just a bottom line that they needed to meet. I guess. Like, I don't think, and I think that it's not only detrimental in cases like Shelley's where the person could be dangerous, but it's also detrimental to those workers because like, I mean, again, not to sympathize with him. He's a piece of shit, but, yeah, but I mean, Pilko he had a $12,000 debt after th- having been in the country for eight months. Yeah. So if that was the whole reason as to why he, knocked her out and stole her money oh i thought i killed her so then i staged something and then that's what actually killed her i don't know if that's the the uh the whole idea is that he originally did this because he was after money i mean oh no i'm not saying that either but i'm saying that for example they don't like look at the debt that he had so they're clearly not paying a living wage yeah that's that's where i'm going it's not only potentially detrimental to people like Shelly and her family it's also detrimental to the workers they need to be paid fairly yeah i just see like i understand his pain but it also seems like he just needs somebody to blame and the the person that did it was already convicted so now he needs to go after somebody on a higher level and it's just i understand it but it's also very very sad that this is the level it's, they it's, he the had to go to the entire thing is tragic and i think that 
I, again, we can agree to disagree. I really do think that he had grounds to sue the contracting company. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, again, if that man had not been employed there, if they were not trying to get to a bottom line in which they hired people under the table with little to no background check that we know of. Yeah. Even there's so like, many there's so many different so levels many things though because it's like if this hadn't happened and then if this hadn't happened and then like like you keep going down the line. But just that it was preventable. It's yeah. not like it's I mean, not like yes, she, it was senseless. Yes, it was senseless, but it was also preventable. Yeah. Like it's it's not as though she went out and jaywalked and got hit by a cap. Yeah, she like really she, wasn't putting herself it. into any situation where she yes, should have been in trouble. She was walking right. into her apartment. Yes, she did everything right. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I, I digress. We digress. Everyone digresses. Yeah, it's just us um, trying to on the spot make sense of something that doesn't make sense. It, it just the entire thing. It doesn't. It's it's just. I was talking to Michael about it earlier today because it's so. It just doesn't sit well with me. It makes no sense. It's so tragic. Yeah. It doesn't have, like, a satisfying end that, like, oh, he was a born killer and he's a huge piece of shit and, like... Right. Sometimes you just don't know why. Yeah. And you have no... And you're never going to get a, this is whose fault it is, this is why. Yeah. But um, to honor the memory of his wife, Andy Ostroy spearheaded a move to establish a memorial to her. Mm Mm-hmm. On August 3rd, 2009, the Adrian Shelley Garden was dedicated on the southeast side of Abingdon Square Park in New York City at 8th Avenue and West 12th Street. Mm-hmm. I've probably walked um, by it a million times. I, I was just thinking that. I was like, I've probably been there. Yeah. And not even known. Yeah. Um, It faces 15 Abingdon Square, which is the building where Shelley died. Uh-huh. Andy also went on to produce one of his late wife's films, which was called, which is called Serious Moonlight. Mm-hmm. And her co-star from Waitress, Cheryl Hines, served as the director. So mm-hmm. another example of her just bringing people together. Yeah. So many years later, they're still in contact. They're still working together. It's just, it's, yeah. it's great. Um, and I couldn't really find much on the film. Okay. But um, it stars Meg Ryan, Timothy Hutton. Kristen Bell, who I love. Oh, wow. And Connecticut, fellow Connecticut native, Justin Long. Um, and I think he was, premiered, wasn't he born in Jersey? Fairfield. Was he really? I thought he was from Jersey. Girl, um, he carpooled during like winter breaks and summer breaks from NYU when he went, he went to Tisch. Uh-huh. He carpooled with my seventh grade English teacher's daughter home from school. Whoa. Yeah. So like, girl fascinating he was from connecticut <laughs> let me have all this right. one all right all um right. you new jersey has enough you've got the jersey devil what do we have fucking melon heads nothing um let me have this okay i'm giving um, it to you thank you i love you i'm sorry i'm just very emotional i think it's the depression um so it premiered at the tribeca film festival in april 2009 uh-huh. and it was released later that year in december nationally um and 13 days after adrian's murder Ostroy also announced his intention to create the Adrian Shelley Foundation. And it's an organization whose board members include not only Paul Rudd and Michelle Williams, but also Adrian's waitress co-stars, Carrie Russell and Cheryl Hines. Mm. And, um, right? 
And it's a nonprofit foundation that benefits female filmmakers by awarding scholarships, production grants, finishing funds, and living stipends through its partnership with academic and filmmaking institutions like NYU, Columbia, Women in Film, IFP, AFI, which is the American Film Institute. And I, uh-huh. I keep I keep like saying these these acronyms as if other people know what I mean, and I really need <laughs> to stop that. Um, self-awareness is the best awareness, am I right? And, Perfect. Um, Sundance, the Sundance Institute, Tribeca Film Institute, the Nantucket Film Festival, and also Boston University, Shelley's alma mater. Um, and for those who want to learn more, for those who want to donate, Haley and I kind of discussed this. We're going to donate on behalf of the podcast. Yeah. Um, you can donate and learn more on the foundation's website, which is www.adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, Shelley. S-H-E-L-L-Y Foundation at I'm going to do that again because I, I started to say at gmail.com <laughs> That's us <laughs> That's that's us and many other people We're not the only ones to use gmail um, But again the, the foundation's website is www.adrianshellyfoundation.org mm-hmm. And just it's a really I looked into it And it's just it's a really cool foundation because especially like Haley you know but like in college my thesis was on female filmmakers and creators and their importance and while things have been on a steady uptick it's very it's been a very small steady uptick in terms of giving female creators the opportunity to do more than just be a pretty face yeah and a and a very marginalized pretty face at that yeah and um just what this charity what this organization does is so important to changing that narrative and to giving those opportunities and that shelly herself was such a testament to times changing because she was again i said she was a power she was a powerhouse Mm -hmm. and the fact that she was able to create something so universally loved over a decade later and will continue to be loved for quite some time. Yeah. It's just, it's a testament not only to her talent and to her, again, love of her daughter and of her Yeah, work and she and unfairly didn't get to see how big it would become. She never got to see the fruits of her labor, but she also never got to see just what an effect she had on the future of filmmaking for women. Yeah. Which is also tragic. Yeah. And I really just want to, like, house a pie and watch Waitress now. You should. In honor. I'm I'm just going to wake up at, like, three in the morning, half a pie deep, wondering how I got there. That sounds appropriate. Uh, Not only appropriate, that sounds pretty, like, I I do that. Not even, no, again, (laughs) you're giving me too much credit. That sounds pretty spot on for what my life is most of the time. Yeah. Is waking up in the early hours of the morning, halfway through either like a, I don't know, like a pie or a sheet uh, Some cake. type of uh, dessert. Not even a sweet. I was going to say not even a sweet. Like it could very well be like a burrito. I don't know. <sighs> Just a midway burrito siesta. Yeah, it's a mid burrito siesta. Exactly. Perfect. Sounds like a party to me. It does. It does. But, you yeah, know, Michael wasn't in the mood to watch a movie tonight and i think i'm gonna do it anyway good because <laughs> i mean again cohabitation if, for those who haven't seen it 
cohabitation, but also for those who haven't seen it, like Michael, it's so worth watching. I hate rom-coms. I really, truly do. Except if you're a casting director looking to cast your rom-com, which is, <laughs> I love rom-coms. They're, They're my the favorite. They're my favorite thing to be in. They give women so much depth. I love them so much. Yep. Um, this is not like your typical your typical rom-com. Well, this, you are you are perfect for the um, the uh, guy the, oh. the, the girl that the the guy wants, but then doesn't end up being with. The manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, that's you. Again, again, Haley, read my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's you. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it. I I can't say it enough. It just goes above and beyond what this is. What romantic films should be Mm -hmm. and i think to a degree because love stories are not always about a relationship between a man and a woman or two men or two women or who what have you sometimes it's about a parent and a child yeah and she very artfully very brilliantly captures that and I just wish that she was still around to see how much it has affected others in that way. Yeah. And to have created more similar to it. Right. Right. But yeah. Um, so that's, that's Adrian Shelley and her story. And again, her legacy continues on, but hopefully we've helped facilitate its continuation a little bit more yeah yeah and we'll post the uh, links to the foundation and everything on the website and we'll probably yes, absolutely. do it on the uh twitter and facebook and stuff too i'd also like to mention because i'm currently on my amazon prime app looking to see if waitress is on there which it is so have no fear mm-hmm. but um it has no relation to the 1981 waitress film okay just so just so everybody knows like it's not like it's a remake it's not like it's it's there's no relation Weird. at all. Yeah. But yeah. Also, you can probably, I'm not advocating this, but also like it's, it's my sustenance. Uh, you can probably find a bootleg of the Broadway show. <gasps> if you're like in the middle of when the country. True crime, when true crime gets too real. Haley, what? we're a true crime pop culture podcast and you are telling me that we should commit a true crime for something of pop culture (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying how dare you it's 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 my little joy that i can watch a real shaky uh, blown out bootleg of Dear and Evan that's Hansen. our last episode because Haley's getting arrested the feds are gonna bust down her door it. any minute now I've never posted one I've never filmed one I would never dream to do that but I am in love with it? every person that has who was it I hate you so much um, you're the reason why Broadway is dead um, excuse me some people no. in the middle of the country can't get to a Broadway show and also I've uh, seen Dear Evan Hansen regional theater is just as good and touring productions are just as good don't you hit me with that bullshit no, but sometimes you live in like fucking Kalamazoo and what the do you have against Michigan? What I'm do you saying. have against Michigan? Michigan, we love you. Please don't unsubscribe. But anyway. please don't please don't give us one star because Haley hates Michigan. No, I'm it's just not saying true. sometimes you have the a lovely lake. companies don't go all the way to where you are. 
we just we love your we love we love Eminem and we love Ford and please please don't be offended. Anyway, if any of you Dr. Seuss sounding city. If any of you are like in the mindset of me, I haven't seen if there is one. Any of you are fucking criminals. I'm gonna guess that there is. There's probably a bootleg. There's probably a bootleg. I'm not I'm not I'm not promoting this. Or not promoting it. I didn't. I never said I was promoting it. I'm just one, saying, one, like, you could check. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I just checked. I'm also not saying one quick search of waitress the musical bootleg. That's one <laughs> word. Bootleg. B o o t l e g for those yeah who are curious. Hypothetically, I'm not saying that it's like on there or anything, and I'm definitely not saying that you could find it on something like I don't know, like Vimeo. And I'm also not saying that it's not going to be taken down in two days, so... So I'm not saying you should get on it now. Yeah. I'm just saying. But if we've at all helped you be exposed to Waitress, the movie, the musical, the, the the album is great, both the movie album and the musical theater album. Yeah. Um, albums are great. Albums are I love albums. Um, we can post links to songs on. We can uh, post links to songs. Also, there's one song. I again, I haven't seen the musical, but I believe it's not included. Um, okay. But it's the. Actually, I can look it up real quick because I don't want to be a liar. Um, I'm gonna say my favorite song from the show is "She Used to Be Mine." Oh, that one breaks my heart, especially again when you think about yes. Adrian Shelley. Yeah. Like that was in my head the entire time. I was researching it. Yeah, I mean, just to draw another parallel to uh, Rent, once I learned, like, the whole story of Jonathan Larson, oh, once you listen yes. to One Song Glory, it's like, right. he, that's, he wrote it, and, like, he wrote his own eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I don't know. Um, I don't, again, I don't think it's on there, but um, there's a song called Baby Don't You Cry. Okay. And it's it's just a little it's almost it's a little nursery nursery rhyming. It's okay. very sweet. Um, and the main character, the titular waitress, sings it when she's making a pie. And first, she's just kind of singing it. Her mother used to sing it to her, and then she's singing it to her baby. And um, Adrian Shelley also wrote the lyrics to that song, which makes oh, it sweet. even more sad because the first lines are "Baby, don't you cry." And it's yeah. like she's talking to her baby. And yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't to need to cry myself. now. I, I, I was going to say, I need to stop myself. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so, so you can find all the, the links and extra information on the website. Right. CrimeCulturePodcast.tumblr.com. If, if, you, if you, again, would like to follow the trend of donating. Yes, and definitely. And would like to donate, again, it's it's... I'm not going to pull the whole, like, guilting you because it's the holiday season bullshit, but this is just, especially, like, if you're listening to this podcast, then odds are either we've strong-armed you into listening because you're one of our friends, or you value content that is created by women. Yeah. And this is the best way, if you have the money to do so, to put your money where your mouth is and say, yes, we need to see more of this. Yeah, and it's uh, obviously some people that have listened to us, we've talked about it on at least three episodes so far uh, that we're 
theater fans and yes. I assume some listeners are as well. Many so, of our dates consist of us going to the theater. 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 So, um, if you just love the musical and you didn't know the whole story behind it and now you, you want to do uh, an extra level of love to the show, right. then you can donate to the creators. Uh, Where are those fans at? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so that's that. That's that. I'm going to just be sad now. Okay. You go I'm make a watch pie it. and, I'm, and I'm watch gonna, the movie. I'm going to make a pie with a heart in the middle, and I'm going to watch Waitress. That's good. And just live my best life. Yeah. So the website's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. All yes. Oh, yes. I forgot to plug. I was so busy plugging their foundation <laughs> that I forgot to plug our information. The social media is all on there. Uh, yeah. I will post another link to where you can follow the Spotify account. But if yeah. you're a regular Spotify user, you know, you can just like put it into you the search bar. You can just look into it. Right. It's the same and, album artwork. Yep. So, yeah. And, so you'll see us. Yeah. I was going to say, it's just, it's there. And... We will not be linking to where you can find bootlegs, but... No. I'm just again, saying you could look one, if you care to swift, look. One swift little movement of the fingers, and I'm sure you can find it yourself. Yep. Just think long and hard. Oh, you know what? No, no, fuck this shit. If you're going to watch a bootleg, think about maybe making a donation to the Adrian Shelley Foundation Aha! so that the money goes somewhere. Yes. Boom, baby. If you want to watch the bootleg, I fucking donate, love myself. Donate you know, at least like, I'm a fucking bucks. genius. Did I write a thesis or did I write a thesis? Yeah. So, Should I stop talking about my thesis? Oh, you just want to <laughs> brag that you went to college. <laughs> yeah, it's the only real. It's the only real thing that I get out of my diploma now. So <laughs> I spend undisclosed thousands of dollars uh, a year to uh, write something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask me how many jobs that diploma has gotten me, Haley. It's all right. So, it's coming. You know what? Though you know what? Though you know what? No. Because you know what it has gotten me? It's gotten me the job of loving you. And for that, I am so thankful. This is my love letter to Haley. Let's be clear. I did not pay that undisclosed couple thousand No, 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 no. But your boyfriend did. And for that, I'm forever thankful. He did. And I did spend a certain amount of money going up there every weekend. So You did. You know what? You did spend. Like, you did spend an ungodly amount. And for that, you should have a diploma. Because you maybe you didn't go to class, but you did go to campus. And you yeah, did buy that and, shitty food. And a train line that I won't talk about is just the bane of my existence. Yeah, though no, that was tough. That one was tough. <laughs> I can understand. Um, there's way too much banter well, in this episode. So we I was going to say, we've bantered a lot. Ugh, like, and God. we usually try to get all the banter out in the beginning. The first no, like, half hour off-putting. that we haven't recorded, we just kind of banter. I know. We haven't talked to each other in a while. Anyway, we haven't uh, talked to each other in a while. Before it gets like, way too much. Yes. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.